0: This is Archbishop Blaise Supich, Archbishop of Chicago. Today, I invite you to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a non-for-profit apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization that utilizes media, both old and new, to share the faith on every continent and facilitate an encounter with Christ in his church. The efforts of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. This is an invitation to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's word of love for each of us. When our hearts are open, the Lord changes and transforms us so that we in turn begin to share the warmth and light of Jesus Christ who is the Word on Fire. The global benefactors of Word on Fire Catholic Ministries, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire.
1: Peace be with you. Friends, our Gospel for today is taken from the seventh chapter of the great Gospel of Mark. It has to do with Jesus' healing of a deaf man who also has a speech impediment. Now, as always with such stories, we have to look at the surface and at the depth. Jesus is indeed performing a physical miracle. He was a physical healer. One of the major reasons why people originally paid attention to him, why they followed him, was his reputation as a healer. So this story reflects undoubtedly a real event in the ministry of Jesus. But as St. Augustine said, since Jesus is the word made flesh, every one of his actions is also a word. That means every one of his actions should also be read symbolically, so as to uncover a deeper spiritual meaning. And so we read this story on the surface and at the depth. What do we see now? as we try to decipher the spiritual significance of this story. Well, as the narrative commences, Jesus is making his way into the Decapolis. That just means ten cities in Greek. That was a region on the southeast side of the Sea of Galilee, the ten cities that were very Hellenistic or very Greek in orientation. They were cities that were a mixture, if you will, of a Greek and Jewish style and persuasion. They bring to him a deaf man with a speech impediment. Now, deafness, physical problem, yes, of course, but now we read it spiritually. Deafness is a spiritual issue. Friends, all throughout the Bible, we hear this great metaphor of God's speech. God says, let there be light, and there's light. God says, let the earth come forth, the earth comes forth. God's word creates. More to it, the psalmist says we can hear the word of God as we look around creation. We can hear the word of God in the orderliness of the universe. And then God speaks in this very pointed way to the prophets, to the patriarchs, to all the great figures of the Scripture, God's Word that shapes us, as we heard last week. What do we need to be in the presence of God's Word? Hearers of the Word. We need to be listeners to God's Word. What's our problem spiritually? Deafness. That we don't hear. Hear. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Well, there's the word of the believer. There's the attitude of the believer. St. Paul says in that great letter to the Romans, Faith comes from hearing. Remember in Matthew's Gospel? John the Baptist in the desert. And he hears the Word of God. That's the attitude of the saint, the attitude of the person of faith. And so, whom does this deaf man stand for? All of us, up and down the centuries, all of us today, who do not hear the Word of God, who have grown deaf to it, oblivious to it, who have lost the capacity to discern it, Think of it this way. Hearing the Word of God is like hearing a pitch at a certain frequency. You know, If you're not attuned to that, well, you're no, you'll never take it in. The saint, the person of faith, is someone who is attuned to the frequency of God's Word. How come we don't hear it? Well, one reason, there's so many voices, so many sounds competing for our attention. Just think for a second of of the commercials and the media and MTV and the movies and the music. Think of all the literal sounds that compete for our attention. How do you hear the word of God? Remember the prophet Elijah comes to confront God and he's not in the fire, not in the earthquake. But a tiny whispering voice. How do you hear it? if it's drowned out by so much competition. More to it, as I've often said, many of us, way too many of us, are staying away from church on a regular basis. We're growing as a culture increasingly ignorant of the Bible. Well, the Bible is God's Word. When I was teaching a few years ago at Notre Dame, in a classroom filled with very bright students, of course, but I found that when I would mention something from the Bible, they were clueless. Well, these are are bright Catholic kids. How much more so in the general culture? When you read the novels of Faulkner and Melville and Hemingway and so many others in the 19th and 20th centuries, you find that, boy, they could assume a knowledge of the Bible in the general culture that could never be assumed today. Deafness to the Word of God. Ignorance of the Bible. God's word drowned out by the competition of the culture. For all those reasons, we're like this man. We're deaf. And what's the result of deafness? Well, at the physical level, a speech impediment. It's true, isn't it? If you can't hear sounds of articulate speech, how can you be expected to reproduce them? That's why someone who, who is deaf can't speak clearly. Now read it spiritually. If you don't hear the Word of God clearly, you don't attend to it, then you can't speak it clearly either. Spiritually, you will have a speech impediment. Maybe you can make some sounds But they won't be clear, articulate sounds. How many Catholics can really speak the Word of God with clarity and confidence? Let that question sink in a little bit. I think it's a challenge to all of us. How many of us Catholics become tongue-tied when people ask us about our faith or when we try to evangelize? When you're questioned by a, let's say, energetic, knowledgeable, evangelical Protestant, they raise a question about your Catholic faith, can you respond clearly, convincingly, confidently? Or are you tongue-tied? It's as though you have a speech impediment. Several months ago, I was writing about evangelization quite a bit as I was doing this evangelical work in the archdiocese. And we urge Catholics all the time, you must become evangelists. And people would always come back to me and they'd say, well, Father, I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to articulate my faith. Well, part of the reason is that we become too deaf to the Word of God. So there's the spiritual problem. We are meant, as we always are in these stories of healing, we're meant to identify with the person Jesus is addressing. In some ways, that person is all of us. So what does Jesus do? Listen. He took him off by himself, away from the crowd. How important that move is. We see it, by the way, a lot in Mark's Gospel. When he cures the blind man, the first move he makes, he takes him away from the crowd, he cures him, then he says, don't go back into the city. So here... His first move is to get him away from the crowd. Now I'll read it spiritually. One reason we can't hear is we spend too much time in the crowd. I mean, the cacophonous voices of so many, the received conventional wisdom that surrounds us, the insistent voice of the advertising culture All of it makes us deaf to God's Word, and so we have to be moved away. We have to be introduced into a new environment, a new milieu, where we are able to hear the Word of God clearly, a place of silence and communion and contemplation. Jesus is leading him and us away from the crowd and into the church think for a second, of the silence of a church building. That's the milieu where God's word will be heard. Christ leads us away from the crowd and into the Christian thought world. This new way of thinking and seeing, imagining, and hearing. And then, listen now from the scripture, he put his finger in the man's ears, and spitting touched his tongue. That detail of of spitting on the man's tongue, scholars say that was a fairly common gesture for a healer in Jesus' time, especially a rabbi who was appreciated as a healer. But I love that detail of putting his fingers in the man's ears. He looks up, to heaven. He groans, the gospel says. He groans and then puts the fingers in the man's ear. What's he doing? He's setting up, as it were, a kind of electrical current, linking himself to the Father. The Son now plugs himself into this deaf man. He plugs himself in thereby hoping to establish a current that will run from the Father through the Son to the deaf man. This is a picture of the church. Do you see? It's a picture of the church. The Father speaks to us through his Son. And then Jesus says, it's beautiful, one of the only times in the Gospels that his original Aramaic is preserved. He says, "Efata, Efata." It means be opened, be opened to the Word. You spent your life closed, caved in on yourself, listening to your own voice or listening to the voices of the environing culture. Now the time has come in Christ to be opened to the Word of God. It's beautiful. He's talking here about the church about the sacraments, about the liturgy, about the Eucharist, about the proclamation of the Word, all those ways that we become plugged in to Christ and through Christ to the Father. Now, when he does this, we hear that the man's speech impediment was immediately overcome. So it goes. We don't speak clearly because we can't hear. And therefore, when we do hear clearly... We begin to speak clearly. What's the key to becoming an articulate defender of the faith? What's the key to becoming an evangelist? Is to listen, is to become plugged into Jesus Christ and through Him to the Father. Through the Bible, through the liturgy, through the Eucharist, you begin to hear God's speech, and then you can speak it clearly, articulately, confidently. Stay with this man, stay plugged into Jesus, and then you will speak.
0: And God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Word on Fire. My prayer is that each of us may be on fire with love for God and neighbor. Until next week, I pray that God will bless you and those you love.